Happy Friday, everybody. It is Friday, June 16th, 2023. This is the Second Half Podcast. I'm Tom Powell, and as always, if you're listening to this, that means you made it through another week, and margaritas are in order. Why should you get margaritas this week? Well, uh, because it's Father's Day weekend, which I know is down on the list of celebrated holidays, but, you know, still matters. And because Donnie has been federally indicted, something we're obviously going to touch on a little bit later in this uh, podcast. So uh, there are two damn good reasons to get yourself a pitcher of margaritas at the end of this particular Friday. Celebrate Father's Day a little early and raise a glass in honor of the Trump indictments. Okay, before we get into the actual news of the week, uh, actually the past couple of weeks, sort of, I didn't do an episode last week, uh, a little bit of the uh, housekeeping that I do each week for the uh, new people joining us for the first time. If you're tuning in for the very first time, I need you to understand that this is an amateur podcast, and you're going to hear some background noise. I just need you to roll with it. You're going to hear dogs bark because the UPS guy came. You're going to hear the robot vacuum bang into my office door. It is what it is. I'm doing this podcast from home in a home office, not a, not a professional studio. So just roll with it if it doesn't sound as professional as, it's, uh, as it should. The second thing you should know if you're tuning in for the first time is the, uh, the website. That would be oldhippymedia.com. Old Hippie, H-I-P-P-I-E, media.com. If you head to that website, you're going to find uh, things like my blog, uh, links on where you can follow me on almost all of the social media accounts, including TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Clapper, and YouTube. Uh, a link on where you can buy each of my first two books. I have written and self-published two books that are available in paperback and ebook formats. They are entitled A Grateful Life, The Life Story of a Husband, Father, and Taco-Loving Deadhead, and Dearest Renee, Letters from the Coronavirus War of 2020. You're going to find a link on that website on where you can uh, enter my e-commerce store. Uh, Just like everybody else, I have merch, over 400 items for you to choose from, t-shirts and hoodies and phone cases and wine tumblers and coasters and ornaments and Travel mugs and stickers and buttons and magnets, oh my. You're going to find a link on where you can book me for a video shout-out on Cameo if you want to send somebody a video shout-out for their birthday, their promotion, the birth of their new child, or if you just want to send somebody a video of somebody telling your friend that their particular sports team sucks. I can do that for you. And... You're going to find links on how you can get a hold of me, how you can send me something, and how you can support me in general. Once again, all of that can be found on oldhippymedia.com. Now, let's put that to the side, and let's deal with actual news of the last couple of weeks. Uh, Right off the bat, uh, the Unabomber has died. Uh, Ted Kaczynski, uh, otherwise known as the Unabomber, carried out a 17-year bombing campaign, according to AP News, that killed three people and injured 23 others. He died by suicide 
four people familiar with the matter told the Associated Press. Kaczynski, who was 81 and suffering from late-stage cancer, was found unresponsive in his cell at the Federal Medical Center in Butner, North Carolina, around 12.30 a.m. on Saturday. Emergency responders performed CPR and revived him before he was transported to a hospital where he was pronounced dead later Saturday morning. They were not authorized to publicly discuss Kaczynski's death, but did speak to AP and the condition of anonymity. Kaczynski's death comes as the Federal Bureau of Prisons has faced increased scrutiny in the last several years following the death of wealthy financier and well-known child rapist Jeffrey Epstein. No, the AP didn't put the child rapist part in. I did. Who also died by suicide in a federal jail in 2019. Wink, wink, wink. Kaczynski had been held in a federal supermax prison in Florence, Colorado since May of 1998 when he was sentenced to four life sentences plus 30 years for a campaign of terror that set universities nationwide on edge. He admitted committing 16 bombings from 1978 to 1995 and permanently maiming several of his victims. In 2021, he was transferred to the Federal Medical Center in North Carolina, a facility that treats prisoners suffering from serious health problems. Bernie Madoff, the famous mastermind of the largest ever Ponzi scheme, died at the facility of natural causes the same year. So this place has a habit of seeing the end to some of the scummiest people humanly possible. So who the, well, who the hell else can we send to this particular facility? Because this seems like the end of the line facility here, doesn't it? Uh, but in regards to the Unabomber, uh, I remember the Unabomber news stories very well. Um, I don't care if you agreed with what he believed in. I don't care if you agree with his position towards government and technology and society as a whole. The way he went about uh, getting his message across, the way he went about uh, carrying his banner into society was fucked up. The guy sent fucking bombs to people. There is no cheering that, there is no mourning that, there is no rest in peace, buddy. No. The world is a better place because he's not in it. He sent bombs to people over the course of damn near two decades. We don't we don't mourn that. And if you do, I highly suggest you look inward. And ask yourself how you can mourn the death of somebody who had a 20-ish year period of mailing bombs to people to get his point across. Speaking of not mourning people who have passed, Pat Robertson died since last we spoke. Listen, you guys know who Pat Robertson was. He was the guy that blamed earthquakes and and hurricanes and 9-11 on gay people. This is the guy who maliciously fed his followers misinformation about the AIDS epidemic. Pat Robertson was a liquefied sack of dog shit. 
And the world, once again, is a better place now that he's not in it. People say you shouldn't rejoice the passing of somebody like Pat Robertson. The fuck we shouldn't. I didn't pray for Pat Robertson's death. I didn't sit around going, I hope this motherfucker dies. But once he did, I don't have to fucking mourn that. And I can celebrate the fact that he is no longer poisoning the minds of my fellow human beings. I don't believe in an afterlife. I don't believe in a creator. I don't believe in a soul. And I don't believe in a heaven or a hell. But if all of it is true, surely Pat Robertson is roasting in hell. He was an evil motherfucker. And I, for one, am very happy that he is no longer breathing. Now, from the fucked up stories of two scumbags passing away, let's move on to a little bit of good news. The Supreme Court shockingly ruled that Alabama violated the Voting Rights Act when they gerrymandered their state. I'm going to read to you now from ABC News. Democrats are celebrating Thursday's Supreme Court decision bolstering the Voting Rights Act and the power of minority voters, which they say also bolsters the party's chances to take back the House from Republicans next year. The Supreme Court, in a 5-4 decision, ruled that Alabama's congressional map violates Section 2 of the Voting Rights Act by packing many of the state's black voters into one congressional district, thereby diluting their power to elect lawmakers relative to their share of the overall population. The High Court affirmed a lower court finding that the current map, which only has one majority black district, disenfranchised African Americans who make up more than a quarter of the population of the state. Let me say that again. Black people make up a quarter of the state. But the state was gerrymandered so badly they had one district, so one representative. Chief Justice John Roberts and Justice Brett Kavanaugh, both appointed by Republicans, joined the court's three liberal-leaning justices in the majority, a surprise to most observers, in part because Roberts authored the 2013 opinion invalidating the Voting Rights Act Section 4. As a result of Thursday's ruling, Alabama will likely have to draw another majority black district, which Democrats see as an opportunity to win another House seat. They are similarly optimistic of victories in cases regarding congressional maps in Georgia and Louisiana that are currently making their way through the courts. Quote, even though it's really only going to amount to one seat in Alabama, it's a major boon for Democrats going into 2024 and the House elections, said one House Democrat strategist who was not authorized to speak on the record about the ruling. It feels great on a democracy level that people are not going to be silenced, the strategist added. On the other hand, electorally, you can't help but be happy about it. It's always a good thing when you're going to know you're going to pick up more seats at the end of the day. That is a shocking ruling coming out of the Supreme Court. They struck down the gerrymandering of a severely red state, almost assuredly handing the Democrats another congressional district. That is a shock coming from a 6-3 conservative Supreme Court. Right before I came on here to begin recording, 
I saw a video from our friend Hawk out in San Francisco discussing how in another shocking move just this morning, and remember, you guys are hearing this on Friday morning. I'm recording this on Thursday morning. But just this morning on Thursday, the Supreme Court, in another shocking move, upheld the law that prohibits states from taking native children from their parents. Everybody in the world thought it was going to go the other direction. So I, I continue to maintain my position about this Supreme Court, which is this Supreme Court was put together for one reason, to overturn Roe v. Wade. They've done their job. Everything they do from here on out is a wild card. We have absolutely no idea how they're going to judge from here on out. They did what they were put together to do. They dismantled decades' worth of federal protections for reproductive rights in this country. That's what the Republicans fought so hard to get uh, overturned. That's why Republicans gerrymandered the uh, the judicial system as hard as they did throughout Mitch McConnell's tenure. That's why they stole the Supreme Court seats. And for anybody who wants to leave comments or uh, send me a, a voicemail, if you don't know, if you look at your app, you can call and leave me a voicemail that I can reply to on the air or on one of these episodes. Before any of you guys send me anything saying that uh, uh, <clears throat> they didn't steal Supreme Court seats, Tom. Everything they did was legal. We know everything they did was legal, at least on the surface, but that doesn't make it ethical. The Republicans stole three Supreme Court seats. And they did so in order to get a court that would finally overturn Roe v. Wade. And the fact that these rulings are coming out the way that they are now, in regards to voting rights, in regards to uh, protecting uh, Native children, it shows you that we don't know what this court is going to do moving forward. We, we know two things are most likely true. This court is going to forever rule against reproductive rights and in favor of money in politics. Above and beyond that, who the fuck knows what this court's going to do? Especially considering the fact that we got somebody like Clarence Thomas sitting in the court, who is, if you haven't been paying attention, delaying turning in his financial disclosures after being caught taking rather extravagant gifts from mega donors to the Republican Party. I'm going to read you now from Reuters. Conservative U.S. Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas, under scrutiny following revelations that he did not disclose luxury trips paid for by a billionaire Dallas businessman, has received an extension to file his mandatory annual financial disclosure, the court said on Wednesday. Seven of the nine justices disclosed their outside income and gifts from 2022 as required for certain senior government officials, while Conservative Justices uh, Samuel Alito, sorry, Conservative Justice Samuel Alito also was granted an extension, according to the court. Extensions can be granted for up to 90 days. Some congressional Democrats have proposed imposing new ethics standards on the Supreme Court following reporting on conduct by some of the justices, in particular, Thomas. 
Supreme Court justices are not bound, like other federal judges, by any code of conduct that includes avoiding even the appearance of impropriety. The news outlet ProPublica reported in April that Thomas, for decades, has accepted luxury trips from businessman and Republican donor Harlan Crow, including a private jet and super yacht, without publicly disclosing them. It also detailed real estate transactions involving Thomas and Crow, food and other personal hospitality, such as Lodging at an individual's residence is generally exempt from disclosure, although the Judicial Conference, the policy-making body for the broader federal judiciary, has tightened its regulations related to exemption, including requiring transport by private jet to be disclosed. Thomas disclosed in his 2016 filing that Crow had given him a bronze bust of a 19th century slavery abolitionist and writer Frederick's Frederick Douglass, estimated to be worth $6,500. Gifts of more than $415 must be reported. Just as an aside, what an odd fucking number. You've got to report anything more than $415? Who the fuck landed on that dollar amount? Anyway. Separately, the news outlet Politico has reported that conservative justice Neil Gorsuch previously failed to disclose the buyer of a Colorado property in which he had a stake, the chief executive of a major law firm whose attorneys have been involved in numerous Supreme Court cases. Liberal Justice Ketanji Brown-Jackson, who joined the court last year, was among the justices who filed disclosure forms on Wednesday. Jackson, the first black woman justice, disclosed receiving several gifts totaling $8,360, including a designer dress and jacket valued at $6,580 that she wore for a Vogue magazine photo shoot and a congratulatory floral arrangement worth $1,200 from media mogul Oprah Winfrey. Financial details of a book deal Jackson signed in January with publisher Random House for a memoir titled Lovely One, are expected to be reflected in her financial disclosure due next year. Liberal Justice Sonia Sotomayor drew more than $161,000 in additional income from books. Sotomayor has written several books, including a 2013 memoir, My Beloved World, which had earned her a $1.175 million book advance in 2010. The Justice... Excuse me. A little frog in my throat. Oof. Damn. <clears throat> I got to get a drink here. Sorry. See, that's what I mean. Anything can happen here. Mm. The justices are also required to disclose their investment transactions with values reported in ranges rather than exact dollar amounts. The filings by conservative Chief Justice John Roberts indicated that he or his wife sold stock last year in Charter Communications, valued at between 100000 and 250000 and stock in Texas Instruments, valued at between 250000 and a half a million. These three conservative justices, appointed by former President Donald Trump, drew additional income as law professors. Gorsuch and Kavanaugh each earned around $29,000 from George Mason University's Antonin Scalia Law School. Amy Coney Barrett was paid around $29,000 by the University of Notre Dame Law School. 
Roberts is due to collect a salary of $298,500 this year, slightly higher than the $285,400 paid to the other eight justices. In keeping with annual salary adjustments prescribed by federal law, these amounts represent increases from 2022 when Roberts was paid $286,700 and the others made $274,200. So what we have here is a shitload of justices making an assload of money and a couple of them seem to want to hide the shit that they've been gifted. And the fact that they've been gifted by the people who did the gifting is what is of particular concern. So you have one judge that couldn't sell a piece of land in Colorado for years and years and years and years and years. And then all of a sudden, he sells that piece of land out of nowhere uh, to a big swinging dick at a law firm that has a fuck ton of cases before the Supreme Court. Wow, that's convenient. And then, Clarence Thomas, we come to find out, has been getting extravagant uh, gifts and travel arrangements paid for by a billionaire mega-donor of the Republican Party. That doesn't even touch on the fact that Brett Kavanaugh and the justice that he replaced, which, remember, was a shock to everyone, both had tremendous amount of debt paid off right before that whole deal went down. The justice that Kavanaugh replaced had a bunch of his debt suddenly cleared out, nobody knows how, and Kavanaugh had a bunch of his debt, student loans and mortgages and shit like that, suddenly cleared out. Then out of nowhere, the justice uh, retires unexpectedly and with no warning, and Kavanaugh is appointed. Folks, we have a minimum of three Supreme Court justices that are bought and paid for. They're owned by somebody. When so-and-so calls, these motherfuckers pick up the phone. And when so-and-so tells them, you got to do X, Y, and Z, they do it. But I'm wondering if the money isn't drying up now, folks. Now, you see these guys still voting the way they vote, but everybody else all of a sudden is voting the other way. We just talked about it. Two shocking Supreme Court uh, decisions. Who are these dissenting voices? It's these two motherfuckers that don't want to show their finances. This motherfucker who had his property bought by a fucking CEO of a law firm that has a shitload of cases before the Supreme Court, and the other motherfucker who's been getting millions of dollars worth of travel expenses paid for on super yachts and and private planes by a mega-donor of the Republican Party. Folks, these justices are compromised. They're bought and paid for. Do they have lifetime positions? Yeah. Does anything in the Constitution say we can't investigate them? Nope. Investigate them. Find out what the fuck it is they got going on. Figure out who's paying them. And impeach them if need be. Speaking of investigations, you may have heard about a supposed $5 million bribe that Joe Biden took from a Ukrainian energy company called Burisma. 
Well, <clears throat> that water, uh, that story is not holding water currently. I'm going to read to you now from Newsweek and uh, kind of explain the hell, what the hell's going on with this. Several Republican lawmakers are pumping the brakes on the controversy surrounding the alleged audio recordings of President Joe Biden speaking with a Ukrainian executive who supposedly bribed Biden several years ago. House GOP members have been pressing the FBI for weeks to release an unclassified document that describes a report from a confidential source detailing an alleged bribery scheme between a foreign national and Biden while he was serving as vice president. The document, which was shown to select lawmakers last week, alleges that Biden and his son Hunter accepted a $5 million bribe to push the Ukrainian government to fire a prosecutor investigating the Ukrainian gas company Burisma over potential corruption. However, according to Senator Chuck Grassley, a Republican from Iowa, the version of the FD-1023 form shown to a group of Republican lawmakers was a redacted version of the form that omitted reference to 17 audio recordings of phone calls between Biden family members and the Ukrainian executive at Burisma, who allegedly bribed the president and his son. According to Grassley's account, who spoke about the redacted reference on the Senate floor Monday, the Burisma executive in question had 15 audio tapes of such conversations with Hunter Biden and two audio tape phone calls with the president. News of the reportings, uh, of the recordings, I should say, have invigorated calls from Republicans for the FBI to unseal the FD-1023 in question for the American public to view without any unnecessary redactions. Many GOP lawmakers point to the allegations against Biden as a sign that federal prosecutors are acting in a, quote, two-tiered justice system. I know you guys are probably sick and fucking tired of hearing that bullshit one, huh? One where the former President Donald Trump faces a federal indictment over his handling of classified documents, and another where the FBI ignores allegations against Biden. But according to a senior law enforcement official who spoke with NBC, the accusations contained in the FD-1023 were reviewed by the FBI and a Trump-appointed U.S. attorney when the report was first made in June of 2020 and the claims were deemed unsubstantiated. Republicans themselves are also cautioning to take the information contained in the FD-1023 with heavy skepticism, including House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer, who said during an interview with Newsmax Tuesday, quote, we don't know if the tapes are legit or not. Senator Ron Johnson of Wisconsin also spoke with the conservative radio with conservative radio show host Vicki McKenna about the allegations against Biden on Tuesday and cautioned to take the inf information from the FBI quote with a grain of salt. Well, that's this person's that sorry. Well, that's what this person says, but again, Take that with a grain of salt, Johnson said in response to McKenna bringing up the alleged audio recordings. Quote, this could be coming from a very corrupt oligarch who could be making this stuff up. Until you hear the audio tapes, until you know what the FBI did to investigate it, again, you have to suspend your judgment. Huh. 
Imagine that. On Wednesday, more Republicans doubted the audio recording's legitimacy. Congressman Jim Jordan of Ohio told radio show host and Newsmax personality, excuse me, Newsmax personality, Chris Salcido, quote, we don't know for sure if these tapes exist. <clears throat> he went on to say, if they do, and they say what Senator Grassley has said he thinks they're going to say, I think it's a different animal. These fucking guys know that they have nothing. <clears throat> Still, GOP lawmakers maintain that the allegations against Biden are worthy of notice, and Republicans have raised concerns over the FBI's lack of transparency surrounding how the Bureau has looked into the accusations contained in the FD-1023. We the people have a right to know what's really going on, particularly with the guy who's the head of our government, the President of the United States, Jim Jordan added during that same conversation with Salcedo. If this stuff is what's alleged, is sorry, if this stuff, if what's alleged is actually, you know, accurate, that's huge news, that's huge concern, that's a big problem. What I'm telling you, what we know is, the corruption of the FBI and federal law enforcement, Johnson added in the conversation with McKenna. So I don't want people getting, I mean, we already know the Bidens are corrupt. The main issue here, from my standpoint, is the corruption of the FBI. So, translation time. Okay, boys and girls? They got shit. They know shit. They've been called on their shit. And now they're backpedaling. Uh, like uh, a running back in training camp. They got nothing. Absolutely nothing. And that's why the FBI doesn't want to release it. Because if it's nothing, why influence the public? Rudy Giuliani said he spoke to... Okay, let me just... Hang on a second. Let me just recap this for you, okay? Rudy Giuliani said to the FBI that he spoke to a foreign national, somebody in a foreign country, who told Rudy Giuliani that that foreign national knew a guy that had tapes. Rudy never saw him or heard him. Nobody knows where the foreign national is. The FBI and a Trump appointee looked into it and determined that it was not substantiated. Uh, substantiated. There was no there there. None of the Republicans have heard the tape. Yet what they want the FBI to release to the American people is Rudy Giuliani's accusation that has borne no fruit. Hey guys, over here, take a look. Joe Biden might have taken a bribe. Well, do you have any proof of that? Well, listen, the allegation is there. Oh, is that it? You don't need an ounce of proof, just an allegation? Okay, I allege that Donald Trump fucks sheep every Thursday afternoon at 2.18 p.m. He just walks into a private room down in the basement of Mar-a-Lago where they keep a shitload of fucking sheep. He drops trout and he just fucking... Starts fucking banging away with that mushroom cock of his. Until he finishes. Sits down. Takes a breather. 
collects himself, and goes back to bullshitting the American people. There you go. I don't need any proof. I made the allegation. That's all that matters. I want the FBI to put that out. See how fucking stupid it sounds? Now, speaking of Trump, the big story of the week, of course, Trump federally indicted. Let's get into it. Trump made his first appearance Tuesday in a federal courtroom in Miami after he was indicted in an investigation into his handling of classified documents. Trump, who was repeatedly denied, who has repeatedly denied any allegations of impropriety, entered a not guilty plea through his attorneys and did not speak at all during the court appearance. Trump has been charged with 37 counts. 31 counts of willful retention of national defense information, one count of conspiracy to obstruct justice, one count of withholding a document or record, one count of corruptly concealing a document or record, one count of concealing a document in a federal investigation, one count of a scheme to conceal, and one count of false statements and representations. Excuse me one moment while I cough, and then we're going to go through this. (coughs) Okay. Willful retention of national defense information. This charge, covering counts 1 through 31, only applies to Trump and is for allegedly storing 31 such documents at Mar-a-Lago. Now, it's important to understand, this is only about uh, what happened at Mar-a-Lago right now. This has nothing to do with what happened in Bedminster, where there could be additional charges. And what you're going to notice here is no charges yet having to do with the dissemination of this information, which means showing it to somebody else, letting somebody who is not authorized to see it, see it, which is my understanding carries a much heavier sentence than everything you're about to hear right now, which means we could be looking at additional felony charges from Jack Smith before this is all over. But first things first, willful retention of national defense information. This charge, once again, covering counts 1 through 31, only applies to Trump and is for allegedly storing 31 such documents at Mar-a-Lago. Conspiracy to obstruct justice. Trump and Nauta, Nauta is his body man. He was his valet when he was in the White House. Nauta was a Marine, I believe, Navy or Marines. And he was the president's valet, kind of the president's body man. Uh, doing whatever the president needed to get done throughout the course of the day. And when Trump lost the election and had to leave the White House, Nauta left that position and went to go work for Trump doing the same fucking thing down at Mar-a-Lago. He's the body guy. Trump tells him, hey, go get me a sandwich. He goes and gets a sandwich, move these boxes, move these boxes, take care of this problem, take care of this problem, so forth and so on. Trump and Nada, along with others, are charged with conspiring to keep those documents from the grand jury. Note, along with others... More people are going to get charged than this, ladies and gentlemen. Or they need to cooperate. And the others is what we believe to be the cooperation of the staff at Mar-a-Lago. Hey, did you see anybody moving these documents? Yeah, I saw them over there, man. You know where they put these documents? Yeah, they got them right down there, man. Withholding a document or a record. 
Trump and Nauta are accused of misleading one of their attorneys by moving boxes of classified documents so the attorney could not find or introduce them to the grand jury. Corruptly concealing a document or record. This pertains to the Trump and Nada's alleged attempts to hide the boxes of classified documents from the attorney. Concealing a document in a federal investigation. Uh, Both are accused of hiding Trump's continued possession of those documents at Mar-a-Lago from the FBI and causing a false certificate to be submitted to the FBI. (coughs) Excuse me, my apologies. Scheme to conceal... This is for the allegation that Trump and Nauta hid Trump's continued possession of those materials from the FBI and the grand jury. False statements and representations. This count concerns statements that Trump allegedly caused another one of his attorneys to make to the FBI and grand jury in early June regarding the results of the search of Mar-a-Lago. And false statements and representations. This final count accuses Nauta of giving false answers during a voluntary interview with the FBI in late May. According to the indictment, each one of these charges carries a maximum uh, fine of $250,000 with a maximum prison sentence of between 5 and 20 years. Once again, there are 37 of them. So what the f- fuck does all of this mean? Well, it means for the first time in American history a former president has been charged by the federal government with criminal activity. It means that Trump is now facing, I believe, 71 indictments in total. You have this group of indictments from the federal government for his handling of the documents case, and you have the, uh, the I think, what, 34 uh, indictments from New York for criminal activity there. And that doesn't even include the $250 million civil suit that New York has already filed against him. And it doesn't touch on anything to come from Georgia, anything to come from the federal government in regards to the January 6th investigation, and any additional charges, as I mentioned, in this particular case, which we could easily see before all of this hits the courtroom. If what we're hearing is accurate... If, if Jack Smith has the evidence that he is alleged to, to be in possession of, then that's it. The only way Trump gets out of this without being found guilty in a court of law and having his fate being placed in the hands of a judge, the only way, if, the, if this evidence is what they say it is, the only way he gets out of this is by... I believe, agreeing to never run for public office again in exchange for no prison time. And I don't even know if federal prosecutors will take that. This is that serious, and the evidence is supposedly that rock solid. His Keep this in mind, folks. When the people who turned on Trump in just this case... The others, excuse me again, the others that are discussed in here, hang on, let me get back up here, conspiracy to obstruct justice. Trump and Nauta, along with others, are charged with conspiring to keep those documents from the grand jury. 
the others here are the ones that turned on Trump. The others here are the ones that are uh, spilling the beans about Trump and Nauta, about what they did with these documents, how many times they lied about these documents. And part of the others includes his lawyer at the time. His lawyer at the time recorded him, took notes, coughed it all up, gave it to Jack Smith, and allegedly Jack Smith's got him dead to fucking rights. He's got audio tape, photographic evidence, and numerous witnesses. That's it, folks. That's game over. Donald Trump will, at a minimum, face some form of punishment for this. And at a minimum, I believe that's going to be never running for public office again. Best case, we give, he gets handed a shitload of jail time. <clears throat> I think Trump is going to try to flee this country. If federal prosecutors will not accept any kind of a plea deal that doesn't include jail time. <clears throat> if if Trump's lawyers go to Jack Smith and say, hey, listen, man, we'll, we'll agree never to run for office again, we'll pay a hefty fine, blah, 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 no jail time. I think Jack Smith would come back and say, listen, we're going to take all of that and some jail time, just not as much as he would be facing if the whole thing went to court and he got found guilty on all of it. We'll take five, seven years of jail time. Guys, Trump's 77. Trump right now is fundraising off of the idea that he might die in prison. And that's no joke. He is currently raising funds off the idea that he could get thrown in jail. And even a five-year sentence for him would be most likely a life sentence. I mean, 82 years old when you come out? And five years inside, and once again, he's not going to fucking Attica, but he's he would still wind up going. Now, if the if the federal prosecutors say any deal that we're willing to accept has to include some jail time, whew, I I don't see how Trump doesn't try to flee the country. Fuel up the jet. We're getting the fuck out of here. And then... Listen. Everything that has happened since 2016, we keep entering into unprecedented territory. The election of this fucking goober, the the unprecedented manner in which he enriched himself off of the office, the unprecedented pandemic we went through, the unprecedented response to the pandemic we went through, the unprecedented physical attack on our nation's capital we went through, the unprecedented manner in which we are year three and we're still talking about how an election is rigged but nobody can produce an ounce of fucking evidence to support that. Everything that we do when it comes to this motherfucker is unprecedented and we're about ready to enter into more unprecedented times. Charging him criminally is unprecedented. Charging him in New York was unprecedented. Him being adjudicated liable... Uh, in a court of law and having to pay E. Jean Carroll 
$5 million. Unprecedented. And now we're going to be looking at, most likely, him having to cut a deal to keep himself out of prison or trying to flee the country because he can't. Once again, unprecedented territory. And if he tries to flee the country, who's the one that's... Does his Secret Service step up and say, Sir, you cannot leave the country? Or do they aid and abet him trying to escape the country... And all of a sudden, there's a there's a, a a face-off between Secret Service agents and federal agents who are trying to stop him from fleeing the country. There's no telling how this is going to go. Is he going to testify in his in his defense of himself if and when this goes to court? If there's no plea deal reached, then this thing winds up going to court. We're in uncharted waters uh, yet again when it comes to Donald Trump and the shit that's going on in this country. Lord only knows how this is going to play out. And the wild card in all of it is going to be how his supporters react to any of it. How do his supporters react if he pleads guilty in ex- and agrees never to run for office again in exchange for not doing prison time? Well, I'll tell you. They're going to say that he was forced to do that or they were going to throw him in prison, just like some third world dictatorship. What's going to happen if it goes to court and he's found guilty? That it was fixed against him. What happens if he's found guilty and a judge gives him jail time? an activist judge who hated, was a Trump-hating judge. What happens if he tries to flee the country and federal agents try to stop him? And there's a shootout between Secret Service and the federal agents because the Secret Service didn't try to stop him. They went in guns guns a-blazing. Look how far they were willing to go to stop Trump. What happens if he tries to flee the country and the Secret Service stops him? The Secret Service all of a sudden part of the deep state. Save this recording, folks, because no matter how the fuck this breaks down, no matter how this breaks down, there's going to be an excuse waiting. And I'll bet you all of those excuses I just laid out for you are pretty close to what the end result is going to be given whatever particular path this story ends up taking. But for the first time in American history, a former president has been federally charged. This man had the nation's most delicate secrets. I I don't care if you like him. I don't care if you really, really, really support him. Think about this for one fucking minute, okay? He had some of the most delicate national defense secrets. How would you feel if some foreign country figured out a way around our defenses because of his carelessness with our nation's top secrets. How would you feel if some of our troops out there were targeted 
and eliminated based on information that he so carelessly tossed around to anybody. How would you feel if any Democrat did exactly what Donald Trump is doing? Took thousands of documents, hundreds of which wound up being national security documents, lied about giving them back, retained them, said, just say this was Barack Obama, and then said on national TV, I'm president, I was president, I had a right to do whatever the fuck I wanted to do. I could take those fucking documents if I wanted to. Just like Trump is saying. And then he's caught on audio recording saying, well, I didn't actually declassify this, and you're not supposed to see this, but take a look at this one. What if Barack Obama's lawyer turned around and said, hey, wait a minute, man, this guy, this guy's been lying to you, and I've got all the goods here, and I'm not going down with him. Here are some pictures, and and they were stored all over Barack Obama's house in a haphazard manner the way they are at Mar-a-Lago. Trump supporters will be calling for his fucking head. I'm sorry, in my personal opinion, this whole thing has to end with some prison time. I understand if it ends with no prison time and he never runs for office again, he's barred from running for office again. I understand how we get to that end result, but in my opinion, it should end with some prison time. We need to make an example so this shit never happens again. This is going to be the biggest story of the rest of this year. And we're going to talk about it here as it unfolds on this podcast. Listen, I thank you guys for tuning in again, and I thank you guys for being patient with me. I'm handling some things with my sister-in-law's estate, and my wife is transitioning into a work-from-home position. So I'm going to be doing uh, some more podcasts out in the workshop uh, as to not disturb in here or to be disturbed in here. Uh, so but the podcast is going to continue. I'm still brainstorming on what I want to do with the Patreon. I don't know yet. So for those of you who have asked, I don't know. Uh, once again, you can you can call and leave a voicemail, and I can uh, answer it on uh, one of these episodes. Just check the app that you're listening to. Check the platform that you're listening to. Uh, the, go to the podcast page there, and it'll explain everything that you need to have explained to you. And uh, uh, do me a favor, tune in next Friday for another episode, okay? I appreciate it. As always, I appreciate the support. Okay? So, that's all I got for you guys this week. I'll see you next Friday, and until then, stay grateful.